uh, will be 2 Kings chapter 6 and in verse 1. <clears throat> and we're going to read a story here. It was a time in history when uh, God was uh, speaking uh, to the people through the prophets. And there was a, a prophet around called Elisha at this time. And he was uh, greatly inspired uh, by the Spirit of God when it came upon him. Uh, as uh, today, the Spirit of God is uh, inside us now that we've received the Holy Spirit uh, with the Bible evidence of speaking in uh, new tongues. But we, we read the story about this prophet, and it's a story about uh, an axe head that uh, fell into the water and got recovered uh, by a great miracle. So we're going to read that story, and uh, I hope we all get something from it uh, this afternoon. So verse 1, 2 Corinthians, uh, Kings, chapter 6, and in verse 1. And it reads here, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. So all, all these disciples and all these students that were coming under Elisha's ministry, the number actually grew. And uh, they... Elisha at this time was on the move. Uh, there was no real place where they could call home. And the prophets, the, the, men, uh, the disciples were just starting to say, you know, where we dwell, it's just too, it's, it's a bit rugged. Can we have a little bit of comfort? And they were implying that they build a, a, a house for the prophets. And this is what, how it was coming. You know, they weren't exactly getting their lamb roast every Sunday. And nor did they have a lovely hall to meet in uh, like we do. So it was a little bit straight. It was a little bit, uh, how's your father? So they suggested uh, to Elisha, behold the place where we dwell with thee. It's too straight for us. So in verse 2, and they said to Elisha, let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan. And that's an important uh, river, of course. The River Jordan is where Jesus Christ uh, got baptised. Uh, so they wanted to go there and take thence, uh, in verse 2, just in the middle part there, and take thence every man a beam and let us make a place there. So you can imagine uh, all these students of Elisha, all these up-and-coming prophets, uh, they said if they could take a beam each, they could build a house. So there might might have been quite a few, we would imagine, because it would take more than six beams to build a house like this. It would take a lot. So uh, there were quite a few students under him, so they said let... Uh, thence every man take a beam. So it, it, it conjures up in your mind there must have been a number of them. And let us make a place there that we may dwell. And he answered, Elisha answered in the latter part of verse 2, go ye. So Elisha was saying, good idea. Let's build a house. Maybe it's a bit hard. You know, uh, you know, it's been hard on you guys. He's probably thinking sooky babies, but he probably thought, nah, nah, we'll give you a nice little place to, to meet. And, and, and uh, that he did. He said, well, go ye. But in verse 3 is a very important thing because uh, amongst the prophets there was one that saw the value in Elisha's ministry and Elisha to be very close with them with everything they go through. And uh, he, he was very uh, sensitive to know that with the man of God the blessing was. And they were becoming the men of God through this one man, their master, at that time Elisha. And uh, he says in verse 3, and one said, now we, we could assume there might have been quite a few, because if everyone just took a beam and that would build a house, there would be in a number of them. 
So, but only one out of the crowd, and there's always one out of the crowd. There was always like Rahab the harlot. There was always like King David. There was always Moses. There was Joseph. There was Elijah, Elisha. There was always one at the time. And and, and amongst this people that God had called out and and, uh, started to uh, build a ministry, there was one in there that was a standout. And this was this guy here in verse 3. And one said, be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he said to Elisha, you know, please go with us, Elisha. And Elisha said, I will go. He saw the value of having the man of God with him. For And, and I think for us, when, we, when we're going through uh, something we want to build in our life, something that we're going through in our life, uh, we need to have God with us. And this man saw through having Elisha, they had God. So he wanted God to go with him in everything that he did. I think that's a, t- a teaching for us, a principle for us. And we get, we take from the Bible that in everything we do, everything we try and build, we ask God to come with us. And all the people said, and God will go with us. God, as Jesus said, if a, if you, if a soldier asks you to carry his thing, go a mile, you go two miles, you know, like we will go the distance together. And, and so this man is saying, if, if you, if you be content, Elijah, will you, will, will you come with us? And he said, uh, I will go. So in verse 4, so he went with them. And when they came to Jordan, that's the, the uh, Jordan River, they cut down the wood. So we're going to further read on in this story, and it will illustrate to you and I how that God deals with the unfortunate people in this world and the distressed people in this world through this story. Uh, it's not always when God chose the children of Israel, they weren't the leading superpower nation of the time. Egypt was, but Israel grew to be that. Uh, God takes the insignificant, but that's a nation. But these are, these are also individuals that God will take the insignificant individual within a nation and raise them up. And this story helps illustrate that in our mind so we can take that with us and go, Oh, I don't think much of myself. Hey, but God likes people that don't think much of themselves and think that they're incapable and unfortunate. And uh, so God can intervene. And this story just says this uh, so well. So we're going to read it. Verse 5. But one was felling a bean, and uh, I dare say, I, I wouldn't like to say it was, but it might have been the one that said to Elisha, will you come with us? Uh, I don't know, but... You'd like to think that maybe God knew something and was always working with this one one standout guy. And he said in verse 6, But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. And the law in, in uh, the Old Testament, when you borrow something from a person uh, and you damage it, uh, you need to replace the value of it. Now, it was an iron axe head, and uh, iron was around in those days, but it was an inexpensive process, and it was a valued commodity. So this guy was stressing because he had a debt like you and I that he couldn't pay, and uh, he stressed about it. And uh, God intervened at that p- moment in this guy's uh, unfortunate situation in life that we can have, and when he, and a time when we might get a little bit distressed about it, 
because it, it, it said here that uh, he cried. And when we cry out to the Lord in these times, you know, it, God demonstrates in this story that he cares for the people in their smallest concerns. Okay? But this was a righteous man because he knew the law. And the law was if you damage someone's property, you need to replace it. So his thinking was right. Uh, when he cried out to the Lord, he had the right attitude. He was under the law and knowing that uh, the righteous thing would be to replace it. So he knew he couldn't. And it's a little bit like us when we come to know the Lord. Uh, we're not the rivers of Jordan here is where he was. And it's like the rivers of baptism. We have this righteous thought and knowing that we are insignificant, but yet God said that if we do what he asks us to do, he can bring us up out of the waters and we can have this newness of life. And in that righteous thinking, God can bless it. Well, this man was under the law at that time and he knew the law was to repay the debt and he was stressing about it. So he cried out uh, to the Lord, but the Lord, uh, as we see, was listening to this man and it's it's like us being, uh, like I said earlier, rendered unable to pay our debt. But it's only through God's grace uh, that our stony heart, like the stony axe head, uh, which was sunk in the mud of this world, and that's where the axe head was. And it's just like our heart, you know. And uh, God can raise it up and have our hearts set on things above and all the people said. So one minute... Our life looks buried, it looks lost, it looks like there's no hope, we're not going to live forever, we're not going to get to know God, uh, we're not going to go to heaven. But through his word, we realize if we go into the rivers of Jordan or the rivers of baptism, God can see us sunken and buried but raise us up above and have us to see things that are, and set our eyes on things in heaven. And that's a, a wonderful miracle for our mind and our heart, but this was done on a, on a, on a stony, it tells us that we've got a stony heart, when you think of stone and rock, it's where you get the iron ore from. So this iron, iron stony uh, heart was sunk. But God, uh, through his prophet, uh, brought it up. So in verse 6, we go on with the story. And the man of God heard the cry and he said to the man, and he said, where fell it? And what I like about this story is it's like the words of the Lord. Where have you laid him? And we know that story. And uh, the Lord said unto him, uh, and they said unto the Lord Jesus, they said, come and see. And then when Jesus got to the point, he wept. He, 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 uh, he knew that uh, uh, something had to be done. But in that grief, he had a remedy. And it was the same when the prophet Elisha come to this man who was grieved uh, because that axe head was buried and gone. And he knew by the law he had to pay the debt, he was uh, like Jesus. He said, where did it lay? Where have you buried it? And he, he didn't say to the man, oh, you, 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 you foolish twit. You know, how could, how could you do lose an axe head? You should have been checking to see that it was loose. Imagine the guy chopping the, the tree to build the, the house of the prophets, and he's going like this, and he goes to go like that, and there's nothing on the end of it, and it's gone into the water. So there he was with this thing, and he was really stressed about it. Uh, but we see that just like Jesus, uh, Elisha uh, had a kind heart and uh, he could see the man was grieving and he said, started to get a remedy for the whole situation. He said, where have you laid it? 
where'd you bury it? Where is it? And he said, just there. So he, he, he told uh, the man of God. Uh, so it says here in verse 6, and he showed him the place. And it's interesting here, Elisha, he cut down a stick. Now the man already had the handle in his hand. Why didn't he use the same handle? And it's a little bit like us when we come to the Lord. We come with a handle on religion, superstition, all those things, and we're grabbing onto it. What Elisha did is he branched out and he got a whole new thing. It's like new wine, new garment, new vessel. And he put that stony, rocky heart that was buried and had a debt that couldn't pay, and he brought it up and he put it on the new stick. And it's like us when we come to this fellowship. There's things that we have to renew. And Jesus uh, said it so well. He said, no man putteth a piece of new garment upon old, if otherwise be both the new maketh a rent, and the piece that was taken out of the new garment, not with the old. So our life into a new life. This was a new stick. He didn't use the old handle. He got a new stick. Okay, old religion, old stick, and superstition, old stick, into your new way to worship God. This is a new way of worshiping God. And we worship God in the spirit and the truth and all the people said. That is how you worship God. That is how we grab a new handle on praising our Lord and building ourselves up in our most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. There's no other way. It doesn't come any other way. And it's very powerful. But that's the new stick and it's been given to us. We don't bring in our old thoughts, our old religion, what grandma did and who does this and that. Forget that stuff. Old, 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 that you're holding the old handle. Elijah didn't use that handle. He used a new one. Got a new stick. So just a, a, a little analogy there. Verse 7, therefore he said, take it up and put it in thy hand. And he took it. So here, here uh, this, uh, I think it, I, I might have missed the scripture, start to swim. Yeah, we'll read that. And he showed him the place and he cut down a stick and he cast it in hither and the iron did swim. That is amazing miracle. But you do see that the man of God and the young disciple were doing things. He showed them where they laid it. He cut down the new stick. He threw it in the water, all faith, all believing, and then God does the miracle. Just like Jesus said, roll back the stone, and then God did the miracle. There are things that we have to do in this life, and as we are doing it, God will bless it. And all the people said, and here's another classic example of just that where you just operate your faith by doing this and God does the miraculous miracle where he makes our stony heart that that was sunk in the, the mud of this world and have it to swim on top that we can float and overcome all situations. And that's an amazing miracle. So there's a couple of things uh, I get from that as well in this story is that God could have ar arranged a way for the axe head to appear right in the man's hand without any effort on his part. But the effort was he had to confess and then uh, he, then uh, the effort was he had to show the man of God and then the effort was the man of God had to cut the stick and then the effort was the man of God had to throw the stick. But God could have just put it in his hand. The same with rolling back the stone. God wants us to do stuff and God will bless. And all the people said, physically we're down here, we've physically got to do stuff to show that God spiritually, that we understand that if we do things by faith, God will bless. And when he threw that stick out, boy, I don't know about you, but for an axe head to float, 
uh, how strong is your faith? Well, this man uh, had that faith and he just threw it out and, and it actually happened. So God could have done that easily, but the miracle worked in this very familiar way where God did uh, his part only that he could do, which is the miracle side of things, but he left man to do the part that he could do. So there's always that situation in your life. Uh, you don't have to ask God, what can you do? Uh, God's already told you what you can do, and that is move by faith, and all the people said. That's what you do. And if you're moving that way and having God and saying, and like this uh, one man said, out of all the prophets, Elisha, man of God, will you come with me in my life so that when I'm moving, this is all faith, and we say to Jesus, look, Jesus, we've got big stuff on our plate here. We think it's big stuff, but Jesus probably up there probably going, ho, 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 but probably not. He's probably going, oh, you know. Why are you doing it so hard? You know, I'm here, man. I'm with you. I'm, I, uh, it's not like you have to ask, but you do have to ask. But the Bible says, you know, even before you do ask, God knows. But he still wants you to roll back the stone. He still wants you to throw the stick in the water. And the way that we do that is we ask. And that's doing it's the same thing. So every time you ask, you're rolling back the stone. Every time you, you ask God for something, you're throwing out the stick. Because that's all in faith. And it's a spiritual thing now. And another thing... Uh, it shows you in that story, Elisha showed faith by throwing out the stick that caused this miracle for the submerged axe head to surface and it instructed the, 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 the pupil to retrieve the axe so that he could personally be part of the miracle. Okay, so that he could be inside what happened. And God wants us to be inside. But where does God want to touch our lives now that, that makes our stony heart float? Well, I reckon we could start in Acts 1. We'll go there and we'll see where the, your stony heart, like the axe head, can float. A miracle can happen. It can no longer be buried uh, with, a, with a debt that uh, you can't repay. Jesus Christ's blood, Jesus Christ died for you, that your life uh, would be above uh, the world and you would have a wonderful working relationship with God. And this is a, I mean, I can, what, what do I say? If I say, oh, this is a greater miracle, but a miracle is just a great in itself and all the people said, I mean, you know, like, it, but I'm going to say it anyway. This is a great miracle. A greater miracle than an axe head floated is to change the hearts and the minds of men and to give them eternal life. And this is what in Acts 1 verse 4, we'll go there, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, this is Jesus. He commanded them, it says here, that they should not depart from Jerusalem. It's kind of, he's commanding them to do stuff. It's like uh, get baptised, throw the stick in the water, roll back the stone. Well, their commandment at the time, it wasn't either of those things, but it was to wait in Jerusalem. But it was as good as throwing a stick in the water. It was as good as rolling the stone. They were told to do something physically and they did it. Okay, so that's the, that's the principle that we understand to work with God, that if we do our bit, God does his bit. We're one department, God's another department. Okay, uh, so depart, don't, you should not depart from, but wait, Jesus goes on to say, for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me, verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, and we know that Jesus went down the river Jordan, got baptized and come up and received the Holy Spirit. But it says, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So Jesus is promising a miracle. If you do this, 
God's going to do that. If you tarry in Jerusalem, God's going to give you to get to you to receive the Holy Spirit not many days hence. So we're going to have a look at the birthday of the Christian church. And we go to Acts 2, verse 1. Okay, we might be there now. And we just read here, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. This is the disciples, the the people that Jesus spoke to that were assembled together. Then he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Well, they were all there in one place, in verse 1. They were all in accord in one place. And suddenly... Something happened. A miracle happened. The axe head floated, come above. What they were involved in was at that time was the preaching of the gospel, but not receiving it with the power of the Holy Spirit. So now the power of the Holy Ghost, the miracle was coming into their life. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And in verse 3, and there appeared under them clothes and cloven tongues like as of fire. So it just says like as of fire. So if you could describe it in those days, and that's all they knew. It looked like fire. So it was just like fire. It doesn't, uh, you know, you see these religious photos with a little flamer on their head. It doesn't necessarily mean that. It just says like as of fire. If I'm going to describe it, it as like, like a fire. And uh, it filled the house. And we know what a, how a fire does move in that way. It's all consuming where they were sitting. And in verse 3, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And in verse 4, and this is when the axe head floated. This is the miracle. This is the, the coming out of this world. This was the birthday of the Christian church. This is when it began. This is when the New Testament started. Okay, we've got the Old Testament. This is when it started. Okay, when people got filled with the Holy Ghost. This is verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, we need to underline that word in verse 4, all. They were all filled. And we need to point that out to people that when they uh, come to God, they've got to be one of the all. They've got to be the ones in the Bible that all were filled with the Holy We've got to be like that. And we've got to ask ourselves, when we received the Holy Spirit, did we have this miracle that Jesus promised the disciples would have and he commanded them to wait in Jerusalem for it and their boat would float? They'd be filled with the Holy Ghost and it says here, and they spoke in other tongues. If we have that experience, well, then we have the experience of the Holy Spirit. If we have not yet had that experience, we have something to look forward to. And all the people said, something very amazing will happen in your life. Uh, you will understand and know that uh, God is a spirit. So this was a New Testament day where I, I see after reading the stories and bringing the old into the new, where stony hearts floated unto the new stick and arrived in the reaches of all mankind. You know, we're told about the inner man. Uh, that uh, uh, we uh, uh, have. It's like that new stick, that new body, that new person and the our heart which was stony in that new person, it floats and it knows God and it's all by the Spirit. There's another scripture that says that uh, he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be to be strengthened with might by 
his spirit in the inner man, the new stick, the inner man. Set our affections on things above and not on things on earth. So like, just in concluding, like this uh, humble servant of Elisha's, we also, we cried out to God and he cried out to God and God heard him when he was uh, distressed and, 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 and had, was having a moment and knew that he had to come out of that situation to fulfill the law and pay back his brother. We know that we are lost in sin and there's a price to be paid and we know that we haven't got the goods. It's only but the blood of Jesus and all the people said. So we cry out to God and God hears our cry and he fills us with the Holy Spirit and we all speak in tongues and then we know that God has resurrected our life and heard our cry. Uh, so we, we cry out because of the debt and have come out of the waters, you know, in that story it was the Jordan, I guess our Jordan is the waters of baptism, we just float up out of the waters of that uh, 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 waters, but it was with signs following. When that axe head come up, it did something. It just didn't come up. <laughs> it swam. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, you just don't receive the Holy You You have a miracle in your life, you'll speak in new tongues, and all the people said Okay, so we'll just leave those thoughts there. We're going to hand the meeting over to uh, Brother Andrew, who's going to lead us.